from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report? We hope this finds you well. It is cold and nasty outside. Uh, it feels like December, no doubt, and it could be worse. I don't know if you've uh, checked the television screen with regard to what's happening up in the Northeast. Uh, they're getting killed today, so um, I won't complain too much. Uh, buckle up. We've got a little bit of cold weather this week, but uh, shouldn't be too bad. Football is on our mind today. So is basketball. On the basketball side, we'll start to look ahead to tomorrow night's action at the arena as the Pelicans welcome in the uh, Detroit Pistons. We'll also discuss the news surrounding Tyreek Evans' ankle injury. We'll get some thoughts from head coach Monty Williams and Eric Gordon about that on today's Black and Blue Report. On the football side, we're already looking forward to St. Louis and uh, the sports director at KMOX, the big station in St. Louis, Tom Ackerman stops by. He'll uh, help us learn a little bit more about the St. Louis Rams as we get ready for that road contest on Sunday for the uh, New Orleans Saints. That'll be an interesting conversation. I need to get enlightened more about the uh, Rams who now stand at 5-8, and eight, losers of two straight. But uh, uh, that is a road game, and uh, St. Louis is not the easiest place to play. We'll talk with Tom about that. And then Walt Handelsman will uh, talk uh, with us later on in the show. Uh, he's an editorial cartoonist, and many of you who have been around this city for a long time will remember him at the Times-Picayune. He is coming home back to New Orleans to do his uh, craft for the New Orleans Advocate. He's also a huge Saints fan, so he's a part of today's program as well. So with that, we'll uh, say hello to producer Dan, who's in Studio B with us today. And uh, we thank you, of course, for joining us. Don't forget you can follow on Twitter, at Black Blue Report or at Sean Kelly Live. Uh, as we will take your questions, uh, comments, feedback, and whatnot regarding the show. We're always looking for suggestions for guests who want to make it truly your show, the podcast for the New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Pelicans fans. The Black and Blue Report continues with Tom Ackerman in St. Louis next. Make the holiday season extra special for your favorite sports fan by giving the gift of Pelicans Basketball. The Pelicans Holiday Plan, presented by Austin Steakhouse, is the perfect stocking stuffer. With packages starting as low as $45, you can choose any five games, including the Heat, Thunder, and Clippers. Plus, with every holiday plan purchase, you'll receive a free $25 Austin Steakhouse gift card. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your holiday plan today. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We barely uh, put the 
Saints and Panthers to bed and for the NFL weekend, uh, for that matter, last night's uh, game was an indication of how close we were to just uh, ending the weekend. But here on Tuesday, I thought we'd look ahead a little bit and start to talk about the Saints and the Rams. And with that, we welcome in for the first time the sports director from KMOX Radio in St. Louis. That's Tom Ackerman. Tom, you've been there how long now? Gosh, 20, 20 years? Uh, this is my 17th year at KMOX. I started there in 1997. Wow. And it has been uh, a great run. You think about in 97, breaking in as a young pup out of Indiana University. And in 98, the McGuire-Sosa home run race was one of my first assignments as a reporter. And then in 99, the Rams win the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, the Cardinals go on their epic run of playoff appearances and world championships. It's just been, you know, it's been pretty pretty great and this is my hometown so oh, it makes it, it it makes for a great ride that's for sure <laughs> it's been a lot of fun yeah no doubt uh, unfortunately tom and i hate to be a real debbie downer here but uh, for 10 of those 17 years now the rams have failed to have a winning season we found that out <laughs> over the weekend here i mean let me really to jump right into it uh with the jump two, right into yeah, it. they're they're not a good football team um and uh you know they have a lot of things they need to figure out one of them is how to get some of their younger players to mature very quickly and it's just hard to do in the league but yeah through the years it's been frustrating um i think they have the right people in place now though as opposed to you know the last uh, decade uh before that mike martz was very good um and i think people realize now even though there were some frustrating aspects of his leadership, his football teams, um, especially early in his tenure as head coach, kind of after Dick Vermeil's run, uh, were very, very good. People miss those days quite a bit. In talking with Drew Brees and Sean Payton here over the last 24 hours or so, Tom, they're, they're very wary of what could be this weekend in St. Louis. And I know they've been stung by the Rams before. Um, when there is something dangerous about a 5-8 and eight football team, what is it in the case of the Rams at this moment that the Saints are, I guess, concerned about? Well, the Rams have a lot of talent. It's just young. And this, these talented football players are not far removed from college, and so what you're seeing are a lot of mistakes made, lots of penalties, a lot. Uh, they, they get penalized a ton. Um, they've been beaten in the run game where they don't have players in the right gaps, and they, they get uh, hit by the run like the Titans did several weeks ago. But then they'll turn around and they'll beat the Chicago Bears in front of what was like a Bears crowd. It was Soldier Field South at the Edward Jones Dome, and they still dominate the Bears for the most part in the second half. Um, they you know, came out of the gate with a Tavon Austin uh, return um, or run to start that game. Tavon Austin's an exciting player. They, they don't give him the ball a lot. They don't use him a lot, but he's a dangerous player. Um, he did sit out most of the fourth quarter um, with an ankle injury, so it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, he's day to day, but I mean, you know, they have players like that that can be game changers. So, you know, that's something. And also, you know, their pass rush, which wasn't very good against the Cardinals, they only had one sack in the game, and that was their rookie linebacker Alec Ogletree. For the most part, this Rams pass rush can be very good, and they can get in the backfield. They brought Russell Wilson down seven times, I believe it was, in, in the, when they played the Seahawks last. So the, they can be dangerous. They can make game-changing type plays. Um, they have some players that are a lot of fun to watch, but most of the time they make mistakes and they hurt themselves with penalties, and that's why they're 5-8. and eight. 
Are they any better at home than on the road? Is there something about playing in St. Louis that's helped them? No, no. I think you know two of their best games this year actually were on the road. They went down to Houston. Now we find out now that the Texans aren't very good. But when they when they were a team to watch, uh, the Rams went down there and smashed them. Um, the Colts were a team on the rise and still should end up being a playoff team. And will you know they've already clinched their division, so they are a playoff team. But they they, they should be a good playoff team, I think. Um, they went to Indy and just. Annihilated the, the Colts, so you know they have um, uh, you know a, a game in the last home game against the Bears was a road game for them. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, they, the over half the crowd was roaring for the Bears, and so I I don't know that there's any home field advantage necessarily. Uh, there might be a little bit uh, against the Saints. You know, just the, the I think the Saints are an attractive team and. Somebody that fans may come out to to see, but the the crowds have not been overwhelming inside the dome. They have a tough time selling tickets, so it's it's not a big home field advantage, but they just seem to play, uh, you know, kind of hit or miss here throughout. I mean, they're three and three at home, they're two and five on the road, but those two road wins were whoppers. Yeah, no, they're big. Um, I doubt many Saints fans down here, and again, I don't want to sell Saints fans short, but I doubt many could tell me a. A, a grand amount about Kellen Clemens. Um, so help us understand him a little bit more. The only reason Kellen Clemens is the quarterback on this team, well, two reasons. You know one of them. That's that Sam Bradford's out for the year with a torn ACL. But the other one is that nobody in the league knows Brian Schottenheimer's offense better than him and is ready to, to go ahead and be an NFL quarterback and a starter. Kellen Clemens has been around the Rams for a while. He uh, He knows this offense well. And so he's the guy. Other than that, you know that he's pretty much your prototypical journeyman quarterback in the NFL. Um, a good guy, um, a competitor. He does at times throw a really nice ball. He does have some receivers that he can choose from. He's had a, a decent running game to work with here and there. But you know they have tough time moving the ball. And, and I thought that the Arizona defensive line. Uh, really had its way with the Rams uh, in that game. And that was, you know, I don't care who's quarterback in the game, you're going to have trouble. He's just, you know, he's uh, a quarterback that, that right now is just trying to keep this team going from week to week. That's uh, pretty much all you can ask of Kellen Clemens. Tom Ackerman, the sports director at KMOX Radio in St. Louis, is our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Tom, before I let you go, you mentioned at the top um, of the interview that early in your career you covered those great Rams teams uh, referred to as the greatest show on turf. Um, historically, or, or trying to draw a comparison here, and maybe I'm, I'm way off, are there any similarities or parallels that we can draw between what Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints offense has become and to what Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf offense presented at that time in the NFL? You know, I do. You know what's surprising about it, Sean, is that, you know, Darren Sproles was somebody that I thought, you know, could be, could take that Saints offense over the top, and I know that he's had some struggles this year, and they're still just such an incredible offense to watch. And, um, you know, that Rams offense had so many parts to it. Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt and the player that everyone forgets from that offense that the defensive coordinators had nightmares about was Isaac Keem oh, wow. because he was always available, um, you know, 
as a, as a guy that could kill you over the middle as a slot receiver and go the distance. Um, they had a really good tight end, Ernie Conwell. They had an offensive line. Orlando Pace was just a, a monster that nobody could get around. And but the, the thing that you know that made that offense go was a quarterback that they had to turn to when they had an injury. And when Trent Green went out in the preseason, they they dialed up Kurt Warner and and got him going. He was he was in that locker room. He'd run the offense. And Kurt Warner was just a remarkable player, right place, right time, right kind of quarterback for that offense. And you know, I watched Drew Brees play, and I I just I just love watching him play the game. I, I it's hard to to compare one or the other because the Rams at that time had uh, really had the rest of the league on its heels. They had everybody befuddled. Nobody knew how to stop Mike Martz's offense. It was it was just beyond incredible to watch them dominate because it was so new. This is a pass happy league, and the Saints just continue to do it. I love watching Drew play. I, I think you know this guy just went over fifty thousand yards. It's a remarkable achievement. He's been through so much both on the field and off in the city of New Orleans. And to me, that's that's what the Saints are all about. I, I is Drew Brees. He's uh, He's an incredible athlete to watch, and and so I, I don't know. I, I I know that they rack up a ton of points and yards, and who's the best offense of, of all time? I mean, the the Saints are just an incredible um, uh, show, and uh, and a lot of fun. I think there are some comparisons between the two, but it does remind me of covering those days of the Rams for sure. Yeah, I just I was trying to draw the parallel there, and I know there are. Many differences, but that same feeling of going into the building each night, going, "Well, here we go," you know, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and we. I mean, I traveled with them. I mean, you'd go to the to the visiting uh, city, and you'd go to the hotel, and people were lined up for autographs to get to. They were rock stars, and then you know, you'd walk into an opposing stadium, and you just knew the Rams were going to rack up yards and points today. And you were you're not going to stop them. You're just going to have to hope to slow them down a little bit and somehow get your offense going. It was just it was it was intimidating, and the Rams were um, a lot of fun and they were good not only in '99 but in 2000. The offense was ridiculously good. The defense just took a step back. And then in '01, that team was unstoppable, and somehow the Patriots found a way to to beat them in the Super Bowl. Oh wait, I forgot they uh, spied on them in a in a walkthrough. Uh. Uh, and then in 03, that Rams team was great. And people forget about the 03 Rams team, which was really, really good, and lost to Carolina in double overtime here in St. Louis. So they had a, a great run of success, and it was just, um, you know, you knew at some point it was going to come to an end. It was just the NFL is cyclical, teams catch up, injuries happen. That's what I. That's why I think the Drew Brees story is so great. He's He's been able to keep it going for so long. Well, I think the Rams are the right guy uh, in place now to to lead that that bunch, and uh, and I hope they turn around a little bit, except for this weekend, perhaps. I know Saints fans are agreement <laughs> on that. Um, it well, could be interesting. I, I I certainly wish the Saints the best. Not not this week against the as a as a St. Louis, and it would be nice to see the Rams get some success. But uh, the Saints are a good story. They've they've turned themselves around, and it's it's a lot of fun to see them do what they're doing. 325 kickoff at the Edward Jones Dome in St. Louis on Sunday afternoon. Tom Ackerman, sports director at Camo X Radio in St. Louis. Everybody asked me what Camo X is all about. I said, well, it's like WWL. 
uh, radio, uh, and then some. So uh, that's the equivalent in St. Louis to help folks. Well, we appreciate it. We got look. The Rams are are struggling, but uh, the St. Louisans will tell you 2013 was a pretty good year with the Cardinals doing what they did. Missouri football having its run. It's been a lot of fun around here. And there's no doubt. You've been busy, and I appreciate your time. Good to talk to you. It's been a long time, Tom. Oh, I could talk to you forever. It's been a, <laughs> it's been great catching up with you again. Thank no you. No doubt. We'll do a Sue again. I won't wait so long next time to call you, I promise. Yeah, for sure. All right. Tom Ackerman, right. the sports director at Campbell X, our guest. The Black and Blue Report continues in a quick timeout. Okay. You've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Pelicans guard Eric Gordon, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk uh, Pelicans a bit on this Tuesday. Uh, yesterday, we found out, it was late yesterday, we found out that Tyreek Evans' ankle injury will have him sidelined for one to two weeks. And uh, while that is not good news, I think it's better news than what we thought we were going to get with regard to his ankle injury. Uh, Evans suffered the ankle injury this past Friday, so now one to two weeks would eliminate him from the rest of this homestand and part of the upcoming road trip. But, gosh, after seeing the injury uh, in person on Friday night, I thought, boy, we could be looking at like a month uh, perhaps for Evans. So this is somewhat, you know, again, not good news, but it's um, it's better news than I thought it would be. Does that make sense? Okay. Yesterday after practice, we talked to Eric Gordon before the uh, news of how long he'd be Evans would be out uh, was released. But uh, Gordon did talk about how everyone else is going to have to step up here and uh, help out with the uh, absence of not only Davis, but now Evans, too. Overall, you know, we just got to pick up the slack on offense and uh, definitely got to pick it up, you know. You know, it's not like he's a starter, so, you know, we definitely we just need to pick up overall as a team, and uh, I definitely want to be more aggressive. I definitely want to be more aggressive all year, and, uh, you know, I just definitely like having the ball in my hands, and I, I would like to be more aggressive. As you might imagine, head coach Monty Williams echoed uh, those thoughts and uh, spoke yesterday after practice about how Austin Rivers and others, especially in that second unit, will have to help take up some slack here in the absence now of Tyreek Evans. You know, Austin may get a shot to do some of that. He's capable, and Austin's got the ability to do some of the stuff that Tyreek does. So I'm not, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but Tyreek's certainly really good at that, you know, attacking the basket and finding guys. But guys have to step up. Like I said the other day, we're not going to sit here and roll over because we got a few guys out. I've, I've never been that way. The Pelicans are in the middle of a long stretch here between games. Gosh, this may be the longest stretch we'll have between games for some time, having not played since last Friday and now 
they'll get the Pistons tomorrow night. They've been working on a lot of different things. Coach yesterday talked about how they've added a couple of new wrinkles and just kind of tried to solidify the base of the program right now. One thing that Coach uh, said yesterday that he's not overly concerned about is his team's defense. It's not as I – mean, I don't like it, but also there's more to the equation than just team scoring. You know, we get up more shots now, so it gives teams more opportunities. Now, that's not an excuse. The first half, I thought our defense was solid. They hit some threes right before halftime that made it look like those are two tough threes before half. And then the second half, I just thought we kind of lost our edge a little bit. So I'm not perplexed. It's just something I got to work at. You know, we, we just have to get better at it, and we will. I can see some things coming, and then I see some areas where we just – Still the Pelicans' defense will get challenged tomorrow night. Uh, the Pistons are playing very well, and they're very good inside. Monroe and Drummond have been really special here early in the season. That's going to be a dynamite game tomorrow night at New Orleans Arena. Uh, Eric Gordon uh, also had some nice things to say about tomorrow night's opponent out of the East. They're big. You know, you got Josh Smith playing three. Then you got Greg Monroe and uh, Drummond. That's a that's a huge front line, and uh, they got pretty savvy guards. So, uh, but we definitely got to protect the paint. That's that's for sure. So game three of the four-game homestand here for the Pelicans tomorrow night at 7. Uh, we'll have it for you on the Pelicans Radio Network. There will also be coverage uh, tomorrow night on Fox Sports New Orleans. There are tickets available. Why not come on out and see the guys in person? Uh, you can call 504-525-HOOP or go online to pelicans.com. The homestand will conclude on Friday against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Tomorrow on the, Pelic or on, the, on the Black and Blue Report, we'll talk more Pelicans with David Wesley on a Wesley Day. Uh, he'll be with us tomorrow, I guess, on the usual Wednesday spot on the, the Black and Blue Report. Okay, we'll turn our attention to an offbeat guest for us a bit as we'll uh, visit with Walt Handelson. You may uh, remember the name. He used to be the editorial cartoonist for the Times-Picayune. He's most recently been in New York working for Newsday, and now he's coming home to work for the New Orleans Advocate. We welcome one of our fine characters back to the city to editorialize and uh, pictorialize a lot of our own characters in this city. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report, uh, you may be familiar with, but I bet you're familiar with his work. He's a two-time Pulitzer Prize winning uh, editorial cartoonist, formerly of the New Orleans Times-Picayune and Newsday in the New York area. He's coming home. That's Walt Handelsman. Walt, it's a pleasure to have you. I know you're a huge Saints fan, and we wanted to welcome you home and uh, talk with you about your return to uh, New Orleans and your love for the black and gold. How are you? 
I'm doing great. I'm doing great and uh, thrilled to be back. As a matter of fact, I uh, had the opportunity to spend one of my first nights back in town uh, watching the Saints put a thumping on Carolina, so that was a great welcome home. I guess so. Are you moving today? Is today moving day? You know, we've been moving for the last couple of days. Uh, my son and his girlfriend are here. They've moved in. But today is moving day in the Handelsman uh, rental condo up at the lakefront. So I am actually uh, off to the side in a little uh, in a little storage uh, room here, off to the side away from the mover, so I can hear what we're talking about. So today is a big move. I can only imagine that this does nothing but provide material for your work a day like oh, today. It's, it's, <laughs> I could do a whole book of cartoons on moving at this point, but uh, it's it's pretty fun. Let's talk about, first of all, um, what brings you back home? Uh, you know, a lot of people would say, now, wow, Newsday, New York, the whole nine yards. Was it just the draw of this city and wanting to come back home and maybe better weather? Well, it really is. Uh, it's such a special place. And, uh, you know, we left in 2001. Uh, our two boys went to St. Martin's. They were, they were small at the time, and I had a, an opportunity, a big opportunity to go back to the Northeast. I grew up in Baltimore. My mom and dad were in Baltimore, and they were uh, older. And my brother lives in Bethesda. He is uh, Steve Handelsman. He works for NBC News. He's on the air here in New Orleans. But, you know, uh, we have always had such deep-rooted love for New Orleans. Um, stayed in touch with many of our friends. Obviously, uh, we're terribly heartbroken when Katrina happened. We came down, made many, many trips trying to help people out and just be a part of what was happening. And uh, obviously uh, remained... We were season ticket holders. We remained very uh, tightly uh, wound and tightly aligned with the city uh, through the Saints. And obviously in uh, 2009, it was an absolute dream come true for us. So, you know, when uh, when the advocate uh, uh, approached me and when I saw, uh, when I was heartbroken by what was happening uh, at the Picayune and to the city uh, because of their... Uh, not printing seven days a week, uh, and, and an opportunity popped up for me to come back down here. It was an absolute no-brainer. I checked with, uh, obviously, with my wife, Jody. Uh, she loved the idea. I took the boys out on the boat this summer individually and quietly mentioned to them that uh, there were some whispers about this possibly happening just to kind of feel them out because I really didn't want to force them to do anything they didn't want to do, although we really wanted to, and they were very, very excited, both of them. So once the opportunity popped up, you know, I loved what the advocates doing uh, i'm very excited about the team they've assembled there and we were just absolutely thrilled when this happened just couldn't be happier walt handelsman joins us on the black and blue report as Walt mentioned he's coming home to new orleans he will be part of the new orleans advocates uh the daily newspaper now in service here of course uh, walt how many days a week will your work appear in the new orleans advocate um, my work will appear in print and online in terms of editorial cartooning four days a week I'll be doing some other projects for them. And uh, one of the exciting things that I started up in New York is animation, which has been a love of mine since I was a kid, doing crazy sound effects and just uh, watching the Flintstones and the Jetsons growing up. I always wanted to be able to do it, and I taught myself how to do animation. So uh, we're going to be doing uh, probably a monthly animation and some other smaller stuff. I've already created a couple of... Uh, TV commercial promotion animations you may have seen on the air in the last few weeks uh, for The Advocate. So it's going to be a whole array of stuff. I'm hoping to uh, to really be able to uh, put a lot of stuff out there. And I mean, New Orleans and Louisiana in general is such a great place to do cartooning. There's so many characters. 
not just political, but just social and uh, all the festivals and the way people are and just the love of life. It is absolutely the best place on the planet to do cartooning and animation. Walt, the animation and the in the digital side of this is very cutting edge and very today, but but yet the art of editorial cartooning is rather old school, wouldn't you say? Uh, it is old school, but it is widely loved. You know, when they do reader surveys, uh, people love it. And, uh, you know, this editorial cartooning predates all of sort of the fun stuff you see on YouTube, the John Store type of humor. I mean, back in the day, the only person that was really doing sort of political humor on a daily basis that wasn't drawing was like Johnny Carson. And uh, so it is, uh, you know, static. It is not something that is uh, moving like the animations, but they look great on the web and they draw a lot of traffic. And people love editorial cartoons. They just love them. So uh, the stuff now, rather than back in the day when it was black and white and pen and ink, everything's in color now. A lot of the stuff is colored on Photoshop. But at the end of the day, it is a, uh, you know, a six by four box with a punchline, and it's topical, whether it's uh, local, uh, national, statewide, or international. And uh, there's just a, you know, people love to see editorial cartoons. It brightens up a paper, and and it's a fun way to express your opinions in the paper. Do you have a favorite subject? I mean, is there something, whether it be New Orleans or national, that uh, over the years you you are uh, drawn to or have your most fun with? You know, it generally depends on, uh, my favorite topic is whatever is happening. I mean, it's a very, very uh, time-sensitive job. So I will be drawing a cartoon, uh, you know, today for tomorrow. Uh, Usually the favorite subject matter is whoever is sitting in the White House. Uh, Obviously, in the last uh, few months, the big issue has been the, the terrible rollout of Obamacare, a lot of the infighting in Congress. Uh, There's you know, social commentary, and of course down here there's all kinds of stuff from the saints to politics to crime to the weather, uh, sinkholes and go cups and, you know, there's everything. So I would say my favorite topic is whatever is on people's minds, the most current thing, and, um, you know, it's nice to be back in New Orleans where I can do some stuff about the saints. I used to do a bunch of stuff about the saints when they were just okay. And uh, uh, it was always well-received. You know, there, there, there's something very special about sports and the Saints in particular in Louisiana. It really draws everyone together. Everyone's up on it. Everyone knows what's happening. And it's great stuff for metaphors for other stuff. And uh, it's just a blast. I, I was just going to say, you just said that it's just a blast. I, I can't imagine there'd be a job where you're allowed to have that much fun. I mean... <laughs> You know, it is a stressful job in the sense that you have to come up with an idea almost every day. So uh, the, the trick to cartooning is to make it look simple. And people spend, you know, five, six, seven seconds with you every day, and, and they look at your work. But, uh, you know, last night I was up uh, after we would, had moved my son into his place, uh, uptown New Orleans. I was up uh, sitting on the floor. We had no furniture, and I stayed up for about three or four hours reading the news and sketching and doodling and banging my head against the wall, really just trying to come up with a fresh idea. I finally got a few of them and sent them off to my editor. But, the, you know, that is the, you know, when I tell students when they come visit me, really, the cartooning is not about drawing. If you can draw well and make it really fun to look at, that's great. But it's 99% about the ideas, generating ideas time and time again is stressful, but it's awfully fun. And it is really, you know, it's, it's a wonderful job where you can sit back and just, 
do your job and you're looking at it and you're cracking yourself up and you're like, well, this one's going to get, it's going to be a big hit and it's fun. But, uh, yeah, it, it is a special job. I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, very honored to have it. And especially, as I said, pleased, uh, to be able to do it back here in Louisiana. Just, just can't be happier. Walt Handelsman, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. He's the editorial cartoonist who has uh, a love for this city, this uh, team we got uh, in black and gold, and he's coming home to work at the New Orleans Advocate. Walt, can you can you remember the first editorial cartoon you got paid for? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I knew that I'd get you be, with one I can of them. tell you, I cannot remember the first one. I can tell you, here's the funny thing. I know it was about raising, believe it or not, raising the debt ceiling. And that cartoon probably ran in 1980. Uh, there was a guy, I was in Baltimore working at an ad agency, and I would come home every night and draw cartoons in my bedroom at my parents' house. I, I realized that I really wanted to be a cartoonist, and I had to have the discipline to learn the craft on my own. There's no real school for cartooning. And so I put a little portfolio together, and I went to a guy who was, had a weekly shopper. It was basically a couple of news stories, but it was mostly ads. And I met him through a friend, and he was an older gentleman, and he said he would run my cartoons for free. And I was thrilled. So he ran them, and every Wednesday I would come back uh, with my then-girlfriend, my now-wife, Jody. We would drive to the 7-Eleven and pick up this little shopper, and in the first, second, or third page they would run this little cartoon, and there I was in print. I just remember now how exciting it was. And after about 10 weeks he came to me and he said, here, I'm going to pay you, and he gave me 100 bucks. So I made $10 a cartoon. I did that. I got all fired up for this kind of job, and I, uh, I kept at it. And it's the kind of job uh, where there is no, as I say, no school. It's really about uh, creating a lot of work and, and going out and pre- presenting it to various newspapers and hoping they'll, they'll purchase it. And over time, I did get a full-time job. But I do believe the first cartoon that was published might have been on the raising the debt ceiling which is still an issue, as you know, today. Yeah, everybody thinks and, it's uh, a... One thing, yeah, one thing I can say is that a lot of the issues over the past 25 to 30 years are very repetitive. And if you look back, it's kind of depressing. that The amount of stuff we actually solve and put off to the side as done is small. A lot of the stuff comes back and back and back. Oh, yeah. Everybody thinks this is uh, some new thing, but it goes back a long way. Walt, one more thing before I let you go. Put you on the sure. spot here just for a second. If you were to have to come up with an editorial cartoon or just just a cartoon per se, um, helping us preview the Saints versus the Rams this weekend, what kind of an angle do you think you could possibly take for me there? <laughs> Talk about putting me on on the uh, spot. Oh so, yeah, the Saints versus Rams cartoon. Um, all right, how about this? The way the Saints are playing. Now, I'm just spitballing here, and this is not going to be very good, but this just popped in my head. The way the Saints are playing, you got the Rams, and the Rams' horns, and the Rams' head is buried underground. And a friend of his is saying, now, wait a minute, you're a ram, not an ostrich. Because you know they're afraid of us, man, because here we come, back on a roll. <laughs> pretty pretty good for spur of the moment, I'd say. I think spur you're of the moment, yeah. Yep. What can I tell you? <laughs> Well, I tell you what, if you if you come up with one just in your, you know, in the 18 seconds of free time you have this week and moving and all that, um, send it our way and I'm going to throw it up on NewOrleansSaints.com. I don't I don't really have a budget here at the Black and Blue Report, but if one strikes you and you and you happen to put a pen to paper, um, we'll show it to everybody. That's for sure because it's hard to do on radio, isn't it? So, 
It, it is hard to do, and it'll be hard to do this week. But I'll tell you what, if I think it's something, I'll draw it on a, on a napkin, and I'll, I'll doodle it, and I'll shoot it in my uh, on my iPhone, and I'll get it to you guys for sure. All right, great, Walt. I appreciate it. And, again, thanks for taking some time. Welcome home. We're, we're so glad to have you back in the city. Who that, baby? You got I'm it. I'm thrilled to be back. Here we go. Walt Handelsman, the editorial cartoonist, now for the New Orleans Advocate, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. More on this Tuesday in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Good show today. Of course, we thank you for joining in, making us part of your day. I don't think I've ever interviewed a producer, Dan, an editorial cartoonist, so that was a first for me. It was very good. Thanks to Walt Handelsman for coming by today's program. And uh, tomorrow, we're going to really uh, ramp things up. We've got both Pelicans and Saints to talk about, so therefore, David Wesley on a Wesley Day from our New Orleans Arena studios. Jen Hale, a part of the NFL on Fox broadcast team for this weekend's Saints-Rams game, will be a part of the program tomorrow and a whole lot more. Uh, We'll be up at noon central tomorrow on iTunes, of course, the uh, team websites, neworleansaints.com, pelicans.com, and, of course, on the two mobile apps, uh, one for the Pelicans, one for the Saints, which are available, of course, on your Apple or Android devices. So that'll do it for this Tuesday. Again, we'll see you tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, The Saints will begin their full practice mode tomorrow. We'll talk about that. And again, we'll get ready for Pelicans and Pistons tomorrow night. For Producer Dan, I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report. Until then, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.